welcome to the next episode of Splitting Cases. Our guest today is Leah Flanagan, this fantastic songwriter and singer, beautiful singer that I met in Darwin when I was working in radio up there. Her band would come in and play and um, I would bump into them and live mix them sometimes. And At the moment we're sort of on the opposite end of the country, sitting in the back of the Grand Junction Hotel and it's sort of sprinkling now but it has been pouring down rain out the back it's drenched and we're kind of in a little dank corner um, <laughs> I think that's an accurate description that's an, it's an accurate description but um, a world away from Darwin good to see you again Leah good to see you too firstly before we get into who you're talking about today tell us about yourself what you do well I'm a songwriter musician singer and I play songs on guitars and in bands with other people and I sing in other bands with other people and I try to release records and I used to come from Darwin and now I live in Sydney. I tour and play gigs and do that sort of stuff too. Hmm. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's very, it's very kind of um, concise. Yeah. <laughs> concise representation. Okay, so who, who are you talking about and why? I thought we'd talk about Tom Waits because he's the only person that I've kind of intentionally looked up on the internet on, you know, and Googled and YouTubed everything. So. Mm. If I'm to know something about someone, <laughs> even though he's not one of those kind of like, you know, rock stars that have, you know, biographies out yeah. and all that people write, you know, it's all from someone else's perspective. Yeah. Unlike Bob Dylan, who's got a million <laughs> autobiographies. Bob Dylan's you know, very happy to speak about Bob Dylan. Yeah, totally. Tom Waits <laughs> has created this kind of crazy he's created persona. created by not creating his own myth. Yeah. And so, but at the end of the day, I love the man's music and... You know, listening to him makes me want to play music, so I think that's a, a good place to start. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and I get the feeling, like, I imagine you're a fan of so many things, as being a songwriter and a singer, you'd soak up so many influence from different places, but are you not necessarily a fangirl who does seek out information <laughs> about certain artists and get obsessed over certain things? Oh, oh, no, I go through phases. It's like just, but it's for the, you know, when you... <laughs> You, you pick up something that you go, why haven't I been listening to this? Oh, this is awesome. And you kind of obsess about it a little bit. But my, my obsessing about it is more like, you know, now that Spotify and all that sort of stuff, you yeah. can kind of, not that I really agree with the principles of Spotify, by the way. <laughs> That's a nice But it's a, good way, it's, a, it's a good way to kind of discover acts and, you know, yeah. and YouTube, you know. Like, you know, I really want to know what they sound like live. I really want to, you know... Who is this person? But, like, it doesn't happen very, very often. Yeah. And, like, for me, like, you know, I always come back to Tom Waits. You know, if I've moved away and I'm, you know, really into this other artist, it'll always kind of come back to Uncle Tom. <laughs> so oh, totally. <laughs> a nice comfortable jacket you can put back yeah, on. Yeah, well, because he's so diverse, too. And, and I think when you're making records, he's... he's the albums are really great to listen to for sounds as well, you know. So, I don't know. So when did you first get into Tom? Well, I... This is a funny thing. I had heard of Tom Waits as a youngster through records that, you know, the old man used to play, but mm. it was more the... Um, kind of like through the old 55, you know, because the Eagles covered that song. It was really funny because I, um, I moved back to Darwin and a friend of mine said, oh, you've got, to, you've got to sing this song. You'd sing it so beautifully. It's called Blue Valentines. And I looked it up and I was like, whoa, this is just... This is amazing, like... And so I just kept Googling Tom Waits. And then I kind of, like, started going through the back catalogue of all of his stuff. And, you know, the beauty of artists like Tom Waits when you grow up in Darwin is that his CDs are usually in the $10, $5 bin because <laughs> no one really gets it. So I managed to... I was able to buy all of them. Well, not all of them because there's so many, but quite a few records. And I listened to it and I just recognised all these songs. Yeah. I go, oh, my God, look at my... 
my I grew up listening to a lot of Jackson Brown and all that sort of mm. stuff. My mum used to, you know, so Jackson Brown used to cover some Tom Waits yeah. tunes, and like I said, grew up listening to the Eagles, and I just started realizing how familiar I was with his music before I even really knew who he was. Yeah, you know, it's a kind of aspect about him that I still really like. You yeah, know, yeah, anyway. It's it's really funny you mentioned in Darwin certain things end up in a bargain bin because I bought you know the band Pavement they yeah, re-released yeah, a couple of, they re-released a couple of records um, in these big beautiful deluxe edition things and at a record store up there I found um, three of them for five dollars each like maybe six <laughs> months after they were really released I'm like oh wow okay they were fifty bucks when they came out and I thought no I can't buy those and now I'm going to get these Darwin's got to be the only place where like you know you can buy really great records or oh, you know totally. CDs at like the cheapest price because everyone's got such <laughs> shit taste of music and they <laughs> it'd be the opposite down here <laughs> it's funny you mentioned you mentioned finding out things through covers though uh, I kind of was aware of going out west because I'd seen Silverchair cover it a couple of times and Daniel Johns later later in Silverchair's career kind of um with the eyeliner and beating his chest singing Going Out West. It was, it was really cool. And I'm not a huge Tom Waits fan, but I've really only listened to Bone Machine and um, the first record, Closing Time, quite a bit. Um, how about... 55 zone, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Ash Gunwell does a really great version of Going Out West. Oh, actually, I, I think I have heard yeah, that. It's pretty funny. I should learn that now that I live in Sydney and have to travel out to the western <laughs> suburbs. It's like my soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ash Grunwald would do a great Tom Waits because one of the distinctive things about his material is the consistency of that gravelly voice. Apart from maybe the first record, he just starts getting into this tone. Yeah, I, you know, if you're lucky enough to pull it off, it's kind of, I love, I love it when you can sing in that way. But one of the reasons why I love playing Tom Waits songs is because they're so dirty and the lyrics yeah. are so, you know, they're so fucked up and... Mm. And then you just play it on a pretty guitar with a nice, pretty voice, and it just—it's even more twisted, I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, people go, "Oh, wow, this is really... Oh my God, what is she singing?" You know? <laughs> yeah, because it sounds—it sounds a certain way coming from a grizzled old Tom Waits now, but yeah. hearing it from a young woman is different. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> How about you, Pony? What's, what's your engagement with Tom Waits? I do remember, and this is a common theme, so I'm sorry to rehash. Okay. But uh, I did borrow, I think it was Mule Variations from mm. the library oh, when wow. I was in high school. Oh, um, yeah, I remember that. And, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a thing yeah, that people yeah. did. It was a thing, like, and before you just sent a download link to yeah, someone. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> I remember I borrowed it with a bunch of other stuff, and I listened to it, and I sort of liked it, but I don't know, I was only probably 13 or 14, so I don't think it was the right time. Um, but more recently, like, I've only listened to a couple of the albums, so the first one, Closing Time, um, Rain Dogs and Swordfish Trombones, which I think are the, sort of the ones that are always on the best of, yeah. you know, albums yeah. you must hear type lists. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to lie, I haven't spent a lot of time with it, although I think that's kind of the, the good thing about music is that you know something's there, and when you have the time, you will go back and you will listen to all the stuff and probably binge on it and really get into it. So. And if someone showed me Tom Waits when I was 13 years old, I'd be like, what the hell is this? Bring me I'm listening to Boys to Men and Mariah Carey. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I was probably listening to, like, I, I don't know, R.E.M., o- Oasis, and, I don't know, Smashing Pumpkins, that sort of stuff. So at the time, it seemed a bit weird to me. What, year, what year are we talking? Uh, 
1999 or 2000. Yeah. I was listening to Middle of Nowhere by Hanson, anything by the Spice Girls, um, Tragic Hanson. Kingdom, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. That was a huge yeah. album for me in high school. I yeah, remember. exactly right. If somebody if somebody had a handed me Bone Machine while I was listening to Spice Girls, Hanson, no doubt, I would have been like, mm, yeah. Uh. See, I still would have loved it, I reckon. You reckon? Yeah, I reckon, because I was right into my, you know, Re, you know, being a teenager, starting to play guitar, yeah, you, you know, wanting authentic. to listen to like I was listening to Jimi Hendrix and trying, like, you know, okay. that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. into that stoner rock kind of stuff when I was in '99 mm. and I was getting to the later years of high school. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was still a couple of years off that, but I think I was maybe only about four years off from like mid '90s when my brother would play Mr. Bungle in his room because I'd be like, "That's terrifying." <laughs> I used to have that Mr. Bungle album. I don't remember what it was called, but it had a white cover. Like uh, I, I think I it might be called California, maybe. Something like I don't that. Know. Mr. Could, Bungle, that could be wrong. When I was young, it was terrifying. Yeah, I have to say that I appreciate Mr. Bungle now as an older person. <laughs> as an but, older person. But, you know, I always loved Face No More. Yeah, yeah apparently you know? they might be doing a new album. Well, yeah, they're on, apparently they're on Twitter now, yeah. That's a thing. That's a thing, yeah. I love stalking, having, you know, stalking artists and stuff on... I never used to do it. I never used to care. I never wanted to be involved, but... Yeah. You know, like, I follow Questlove on, like, Instagram just because, you know, because it's so entertaining and because he's got all those bands collaborating with him on, like... Yeah. You know, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, totally. And I just kind of want to be in the loop, and it's like, whoa, yeah. Yeah, what's going on here? Chad Smith and you know Will Ferrell drum, you know drum. Oh, is it drum off? Yeah, yeah, drum battle. Yeah, that's hilarious. So I, I don't imagine that there's a lot of goss about Tom Waits though, really. No, because he's he's a private guy and he's kind of set himself up to be that way, which is super respectable, you know, because it's like his music sells itself. But him being a private guy, his music is very personal and very prolific. Like he's released a lot of material. Yeah, but it's funny, you know, like he's it's all based on characters I mean and ultimately as a songwriter you take a lot of stuff from you know experiences that you feel and you can yeah. turn them into other things so there's got it to be an element place, of though. him yeah yeah I don't know it's, it's kind of tough one I suppose earlier you know in his early career you kind of listen to his records and He's kind of like this young punk. Like when he was 21, he sounded like yeah. he was a super old man. Oh, totally. And he's writing these songs. I just go, how the hell? I would never have been able to come up with that kind of content if I was 21. I was exp- experience the world, experiencing the world on a much different kind of level. Yeah. But you know, like the stuff when he starts really getting into the really gutsy kind of really gravelly experimental, like almost vaudeville cabaret sort yeah. of stuff, is when he's like, he's obviously he's hooked up with his wife. Kathleen Brennan and he always cites her as like a major influence on his work yeah you know because she introduced him to Captain Beefheart so it's kind of funny like now that he's working with her like it's even more I think I read a quote saying that you know one of the reasons why he loved her was because she was more twisted than he was (laughs) you know (laughs) and so you know how much of that that's wonderful you know how much of the you know the lyrical content comes from her I think she's a screenwriter as well Mm. Where they, you know, how much of the story of him do you get later on in his work? I mean, maybe you get a glimpse of him as a young person there, but he's just such a good character writer and good at writing on theme. Yeah. I suppose that's why he's also writes for a lot of film mm. and well, is capable of doing that. So. It's funny that you mentioned Tom Waits' young versus old because when I, I did hear Going Out West came in around Bone Machine era, but on closing time, there's one of the tracks like, it's like I hope I don't fall in love with you or that's something like that. Favorite. That's one of my favourite Tom Waits tunes, that one, I think. It's yeah. just so beautiful. And it's 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 like his voice is not... His voice is clearer at that point and it's sort of... 
it sort of comes from a more a more earnest place than anything off bone machine ever would derive from but it's it's funny it's funny almost how as he grows older his face almost fits his voice when he was so a much. younger man yeah that's funny like he's you know definitely that kind of more cry in your beer type mm. songwriter at the beginning you know and there's um they released um this album this series of albums called Tom Waits the Early Years and the Tom mm. Waits the Early Years volume 2 is the one where they've taken all these demos that he did before he signed with I think Asylum mm. with for his first yeah and um you know for his first few releases or maybe first four or five releases and um that version of I Hope I Don't Fall In Love With You is just amazing. It's just him and a guitar and a double bass. And it's so raw. And it's, it just feels like they're just standing around a room mic and playing. It's just... That's when you kind of go, oh. You know, I mean, ultimately, the song's about a guy who feels like he's just met the love of his life after, you know, being drunk, sitting in a pub, just staring yeah. at this chick that he doesn't have the balls to go up and talk to. Yeah. <laughs> and then, it's you know, like, she leaves. Yeah, and then she leaves and he's sitting there going, oh, I think I just <laughs> missed the opportunity with the love of my life. It's, you know, it's kind of pretty cute, you know, but... <laughs> but in, in yeah. that, I mean, I think that's the kind of... It's, it's the kind of thing that I feel like if somebody had shown me that at 13, 14, I wouldn't have got, but it's like in my 20s, I completely would have understood. But we were talking about earlier off mic, talking about Tim Rogers, and while I love um, like his first solo album, What Rhymes With Cars and Girls, I loved it from a musical level, and I loved it for a pop song level, but it's like as I go through my 20s, that album makes more and more sense to me, and I think that's sort of like the lyrics of Tom Waits as well. Do you feel the same? I just feel that you did a great job of weaving Tim Rogers into yet another episode that we're doing. So I, I can keep weaving Tim Rogers because I totally get what you mean because I moved to the inner western Sydney and I finally understand, well, because I lived in Darwin, growing up in Darwin with the planes coming, but I really yeah. understand I live under the flight path. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and every time I'm sitting at the Vic Hotel, you know, with mates and I had played a couple of residencies there, it's like, you know... Yeah. Live under the flat path, but that don't get me down. Just regular interruption on the western side of town. It just kind of like plays in my head, and I go, Oh, I love Tim Rogers. <laughs> well, uh, we actually went to the Vic on New Year's Day this year when you and I played. I couldn't go. And it was kind of like maybe they'll play Apple Cross Wing Commander, and maybe the, <laughs> the planes will go over at the right time. Though the planes did go overhead during the set a couple of times at least. Awesome. It's so good. I saw Custard play there not long ago. Custard <laughs> did a free really? gig at the back of Vic in the Park. It was really awesome. I saw Dave McCormack at. Um, well, it's not the Sando anymore, but oh, yeah, um, but but when it was still the Sando when I was living there, them? yeah, like up, upstairs, and yeah, it was great. Oh, it's just so good. I love all those '90s bands. I like really miss them. I kind of feel like you know sometimes the way music's heading in Australia with like the kind of indie rock bands, it's kind of lost a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of that rawness and a lot of that we don't give a shit kind of a vibe. You know, it's like everyone gives a shit too much now. Well, um, Whereas back in the day, I mean, bands like Cast <laughs> and you just think, oh, you know. If they were thinking about career trajectory and <laughs> thinking about hit singles, you wouldn't necessarily have got that sound and that. Well, you wouldn't if you wanted music. to hit. Oh, well, maybe would you've written a, you know, knew that a song called Girls. What is that like? <laughs> music is crap. It was yeah. going to be like a hit song. You know, yeah. I don't know. Sign of the times. Well, I mean, that comes back to that comes back to the fact that I don't know if you could produce an artist like Tom Waits these days to have that kind of. Uh, that kind of body of work that spans so many, so much. Just, I don't think if you could have a Tom Waits these days. Well, I reckon you could, but the thing is, Tom Waits has, is an artist who's just developed over decades and decades and decades. Yeah. 
He's never really had cri- he's had critical acclaim, but he's never had major mainstream success. And he's the only per- I think he's one of the only artists that has achieved, you know, that it's his cult status that makes him yeah. so popular. That's true. You know, and he's never. He never really, he's never released his film clips. I think Levi's jeans tried to use his advertisement <laughs> yeah. and he sued the shit out of them. He did, I, uh, he did sue a couple of people, I think. Yeah, it was a very similar situation and, for a couple of times, yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, he's, you know, for him it's the music. And I think when you say it's rare for there to be a Tom Waits, I think it's rare to find an artist that's genuinely in it for the music. Yeah. But at the same, in saying that, the music industry is a very, very different place these days yeah, from when he started, you yeah. know, and... There's sometimes, you know, being a musician isn't enough these days anymore, like, to just get you by, which is an absolute shame because I know some of the most amazing musicians and they live here in Australia and they they should be getting the, you know, you you go and watch them play in Melbourne at, like, a corner pub and it'll be completely packed, but, like, for some reason no one's playing their stuff on the radio. Yeah. You know, and, and as, you know... Like I said, Tom Waits started at a time where you know you can you could sign those big gigantic record deals and they could do all this sort of stuff for you, and then he decided to branch out and be away from it. I think starting off with that cult following is, I don't know. It's but to have time to develop and to give an artist time to develop is so rare. It is, I suppose so. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it's necessarily rare. I think it's happening all the time. I mean, I'm I'm developing all the time. That is true. And I've never had you know a lot of mainstream support whatsoever but I feel like every year that I keep doing what I'm doing I'm getting better at what I do and it's kind of nice not having the pressures of having to live up to anybody else's standards or kind of flow with what's the popular trend you know I can kind of and I don't know I just I'm I'm in a I'm in a connection or I'm connected to a lot of musicians here in Australia that are along the same a very similar path yeah so it's um I don't know it's a the music industry is a crazy crazy thing, but yeah, they're probably, I suppose, to the the magnitude of like a, you know Tom Waits, you know type yeah. artist. They're probably no, maybe you are right. Maybe they. I'm re- reflecting now. Maybe, I'm maybe it's not going to happen. I'm right. thinking to the level of Tom Waits, to the fact that uh, to that that I don't know his incredible cult status and incredible popularity uh, to achieve that and still stay so focused on music and to be just as raw and as honest and you know it just seems so difficult well I think not having like the massive hit single probably helps because you've only got the fans that are actually keen to go see him play it also helps having really famous people making hit songs out of your songs that is actually (laughs) very true like Bruce Springsteen covered Jersey Girl made it a hit yeah like who else like who else plays his tunes? You mentioned the Eagles. The Eagles played his tunes. Oh, and who's, who's the first person that covered his covered one of his songs? Was like, was it Tim Buckley? Tim Buckley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tim Buckley covered one of his songs. Yeah. Oh, Martha, I love her. I Martha so, Rita, yeah. number please. I worked my way back from um, Jeff Buckley to Tim Buckley. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like I was never aware of Tim Buckley. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. No. Oh no, I think I did too because Grace would have came out when I was in high school. Yeah. So. And that was just before, because he it was all you know all over the news when Jeff Buckley died. Yeah. I think I was about I think like 13, 14 or something. Yeah, I was like probably yeah. the same age. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, Grace was a big album for me in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I do kind of want to touch on the rock quiz thing. Of you, you chose Tom Waits as your subject for rock quiz, much like you did choose for today. <laughs> How did you go? 
Um, I got them all right. We. All right. Okay. I thought I wasn't going to, but the questions weren't. They weren't that hard. I thought, <laughs> I thought they were going to get a bit hard, and then I kind of was like, oh, I knew that. Yeah. So, yeah. Ten out of ten. Oh, five right. out of five. And it was really funny because I was on the panel with David Bridie and David Bridie's like, yeah, man, Randy Newman. I know he's about Randy Newman. <laughs> he got like one right. And he's uh-huh. like opposite on the other panel. He's like, oh, my God. Like making faces at me going, how the hell did I get this wrong? Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, I won. <laughs> Was it yeah. the same situation as now as kind of like, well, only artists have stalked on the internet. Only artists I might know enough about. Pretty much. I was like, what do I know about? And I'm like, well, I'm pretty much obsessed with the, al- um, the Rain Dogs album. So, And I made it special. I said, oh, Rain Dogs by Tom Waits. And, yeah, it was kind of funny. And funny with, like, the band and, like, you know, um, what's, um, Luscombe. He's mm. just like, you know, oh, nice choice. It's great. <laughs> you know, I got kudos from the band. It kind of made me feel a little, you know, you know, a little special, a little cool. Got warm inside. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice. I feel like I know what your subject would be. Please tell me. You are my Tim Rogers. You would, right? You would go there. Or or Smashing Pumpkins, maybe. Wow, okay. But Yeah, but probably you and I. Yeah. I just feel like it's it's kind of like there's a certain amount of obsession over that band that we both have that's kind of like, yeah, we'd go there. But I think it's Australian. Most people have an obsession with you and I. Yeah, totally. I'd like to think so. In an ideal world. Oh, Everyone funny. would have a little section. In our new world order. In our new world order, <laughs> starting with UMI. But when people say, like, they, you know, I love Tom Waits, people go, who? And you go, oh, don't worry about it, it's fine. See, <laughs> I, I feel like if you're into music, okay. you should know, at least know who Tom Waits is. No, most, I reckon most people have absolutely no idea. Really? Yeah. But I reckon who is an okay statement. It's like, okay, you haven't heard of them, fair enough. But to have to kind of go, oh, well, they suck. Or, oh, well, I hate them. I'm kind of like, oh, no, just say I'm not into that. Don't make such a broad, <laughs> yeah. sweeping, fuck them kind of statement. Yeah, I suppose it depends on the band, though. Like, what if it was, like, some band that you truly hated and someone said, I love this band, and you just go, maybe yeah. it's just... Like, I'm more baffled <laughs> in those situations. Like, oh, really? What What do you like? Yeah. I kind I do the thing. It's I know it's incredibly judgmental, but when someone totally disses a band that I really love, I just I fully get the. Oh my god, there's got to be something about you and I that just doesn't click. Yeah, like, I know we get along in a social setting, but you just I can't believe you said that. Because you it's really offensive. <laughs> you almost you in, you connect to a band and artist. You connect to the, them lyrically and personally on a musical level, and you go. So there's something fundamentally in me that understands this that you don't understand. I'm kind of like well. Yeah, okay, no. I, I think I take it one step further and, like, I have that, but I also then feel sorry for that person. And I'm like, oh, you don't get it. it's really bad that you're missing out on that. Like, <laughs> that's horrible. It's like going without food. How are you doing that? That's okay. Look, I really, really love, like, Boys Men. And I went and saw John Legend in concert not long ago. Cool. And I love John Legend. Yeah. And I'm one of those screamy fans. I never thought I was a screamy fangirl ever yeah. until I went to a John Legend concert. And I was like, he's singing the most corniest shit. Like, true yeah. God. But I was, I was a sucker. And I was in there with every other little cheeky babe in a little dress. I wasn't in a little dress. And then they're like, oh, my God, John. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, John, John Legend's like, they're on the piano. He's looking at you with his eyes. And, and, and I play, you know, I go and hang out with the boys in my band. And they go, oh, fucking John Legend. <laughs> and I just look at them and go, do not talk badly about John Legend whilst I'm around. Well, you know, you know, like, like I said, I love, you know, after a few drinks at the end of the night you know just put boys to men on really loud yeah. and pretty much every single person that i'm friends with does not like boys to men you know so i'm in that situation where i just don't care it just goes up louder S- sucker suffer, you drown suffer, the complaints suckers. out 
Yeah. I could not understand you more because I'm a huge Hanson fan. <laughs> um, I, I never stopped being one after Middle of Nowhere came out. I'm like, when's the next record coming out? And then 2001, and then they stopped releasing in Australia after this time around. And then I had a friend who uh, who we met in New Zealand, and she was um, from, like, Wyoming in America. <laughs> so she got her family to ship out the subsequent Hanson records for the next couple of years and through the 2000s I'm like oh all these records are great yeah. and I thought I'd never be able to see them live and then last year they toured and I, I kind of kept it on the down low because I'm like <laughs> oh I just don't want to get into explaining why I love them anymore but I just you know everyone's allowed to have their little indulgences exactly. and I think it's really right. awesome when someone's super passionate about a band and like everyone else thinks they're crap but you just love it and it, you know I kind of like people who are really really into into yeah. it because it makes you go well they're not in it for like the right they're in it for the freaking music man and that's yeah. why we're doing it and that's why the music's there exactly you know they're the right reasons why you should love a band not because other people tell you you should exactly. love a band and I seriously love the most random stuff well, that's yeah, sort of one of the reasons why I became pretty good friends with Moose because he was very honest about his love of Hanson. <laughs> and, yeah, I was like, well, you know, that's the sort of person I want to be friends with, someone that can have that love and not be ashamed of it yeah. because, yeah, it's music. If you like it, you like it. When they toured um, a couple of years ago and I was in Sydney, I went to both shows they did in Sydney and I said to my partner, would it be bad of me if I like joined the fan club so I can go to the fan club pre-acoustic show? And she's like, go for it. <laughs> and so I joined the fan club and I went to the pre-acoustic show at the Enmore show. And um, I do shit like that all the time. Oh man, I'm totally <laughs> like that. <laughs> because, yeah, totally. All the little perks. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. into that. You know, I'm, I'm on every mailing list you can think of. And they said when they're on stage, it's like, oh, who just joined up here so they could come to this? And who, who's been a fan for a while? And I'm like, I don't know which one to put my hand up. Because <laughs> I'm a fan for a while, but I only just joined up. But um, this time they're touring in August. And now I'm in Newcastle. It's kind of like, well, I'm going to the one show at the MO, but now they've announced the second show at the Hi Fi, and it's on a Wednesday night. And I'm like, can I afford to go down? And I'm like, no, I can't afford to go down on a Wednesday night to see them when I only saw them three times in the last tour but if I sign up again maybe they'll do an acoustic show before the end more show and I can see them twice one can only hope you know they they brew beer they do I saw that I saw like a like a random mm hops, mm -hops. Mm, yeah I saw that I have an mm hops beer glass that I ordered when I ordered their last <laughs> album that came out I um God. You were such a fan. That's awesome. What did I like? Oh, I'm obsessive. I can't that's, help it. That's awesome. No, but like the, even like the buying merchandise stuff. Like I'm right into buying records at the moment. Yeah. Because you know, it's like if you're gonna spend thirty bucks on a CD, you might as well get the vinyl. You yeah. know, and and it's like I'm and now I'm kind of into that thing where I'll look up a vinyl and then I'll go, there's a max, there's a matching T-shirt for the vinyl, which is limited edition just as well. And it's like, yeah. oh, I need that. You know. You know, and you're justifying it in your head. You're like, oh. And so I'm starting to collect vinyls and all these random little band T-shirts, which is super <laughs> difficult. But I bought Jack White's latest yeah. one. Cause, you know, the Lazaretto. 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 But yeah. I'm waiting for it to be sent. But it's, you know, the clear vinyl, which is what yeah. is supposed to be the fastest vinyl. Is that yeah, the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I heard that. Yeah, because he broke a Guinness World Book of Records or something. Yeah, Guinness it's, Book it's of a, World Records. Something yeah. along the lines of that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but like, I haven't got a glass yet. But then again, I'm real clumsy. But, yeah, no, I've, I've been very careful with the glass. So, like, I, I was like, well, I can't get the beer here for some reason yet, so we will get the glass. But, um... Buy a keg and have a party. Oh, well, actually, um... <laughs> two things. When um, UMI did do the massive tour last year, they released like fan bundles like of different things and 
the day that they were released, um, we were talking about it, going, oh, which one should we buy? Which one should we buy? And, oh, we're going to get tickets to this. We're gonna, we ended up getting, like, the $150 fan bundle with all the different things and the scarves and the picks and all the different stuff and the vinyls, which came later. And um, But we were debating whether to get, like, the full one with the meet and greet and the tickets and that. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And we debated over it for so long that they all sold out, so we had to get the $150 one. But oh, I'm totally with you there. I'm kind of like... going to talk about the tank of beer that we were considering buying. Oh, yeah. Well, there, there was Brew MI that came out, and they did expressions expressions of interest orders. Yeah. Like, they, you couldn't pre-order it, but you could do expressions of interest. And it came out as, like, you could buy one squealer, or you could buy, like, a six lot, or you could buy 12, or you could buy a keg, or you could buy a tank. And we yeah. both we did consider a tank. Well, how much, how much a, is a tank? I have no idea, but they we were seriously considering it, going, we, we could drink a tank. Like, like, where the hell would we keep a tank? I'm sure there's a way. You you. You're in Newcastle, man. You guys have backyards here. That's true, we do. Have like in Sydney, it's like apartments. I don't think so. There's no way to keep a tank in there. Yeah, but you know, like you could always go down. They have the the community cup, which is always sponsored by Brew Mai. True. Brew Mai is being yep. served at the Vic Hotel. A little bit of a promo. Which is, is it still thing. being served at the Vic Hotel? Only during community cup. Okay. Yeah, in special events when I think you and Mai are playing there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You should do it. Because when we did go to the Vic Park... Um, you should see if you can play. Oh, that would be awesome. When we were at the New Year's Day event, they had, like, um, four separate bars all serving Brewer MI, so that was awesome. So um, should we bring it back to Tom Waits? <laughs> bring it back to Tom Waits and then wrap this up, because Leah's got to play real soon. I got to play gig, yeah. Um, what do we say? Uncle Tom Waits. Love him. Fair enough. That's, good. That's a good enough way to bring it back to Tom Waits. All right, so if people want to find more of Leah Flanagan, where can they go? Um, www.leahflanagan.com.au and I'm in the process of making a new record and it'll be out soon. No time limits. I'm just gradually, you know, independent so I can, I have the, you know, I'm just so lucky I can take my time and do what I want. In the meantime, you do have a new single out there? Yeah, it's called Everything. It was released a month, a couple of months ago and we've been touring it and... Yeah, I've got a little YouTube clip up with... Um, I managed to con my friend Luke Carroll. He's an actor from... He's on Play School. He does, J- he does Jemima's Wild Adventures or whatever it is. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. <laughs> he's, and he's also... He's been in heaps of movies. Yeah. Like, and he read for now and Australian Rules. And so, yeah, Luke is, um, came and was the actor in my little film clip. But, yeah. Me and my friend Neil Anderson are making a record and it's going to be out. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks, Leah. Thank you. Go play. Go, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to find more from Splitting Cases, you can go to facebook.com slash splitting cases. You can find us on iTunes and Podbean for those of you who don't use iTunes. Thank you. Candy's on, turn away. You should have found a pump. Well, don't you know they ain't no devil?